Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Welcome to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. On today's show, beekeeper and preservationist Steve Downs. Don your apiary veils now. And Lyft driver Virginia Jones will share secrets of how to be a five-star customer. One hint, don't puke in her car. I'm Adam Felber, your sous chef of advice, and now... Please welcome the woman who won't follow any recipe, Paula Poundstone. Thank you very much. Thank you. Welcome, Paula, and thank you to tonight's house band ukulele player, Johnny Herbert. Johnny, you're a, uh, is that a ukulist? A, a ukutarist? A u- ukulelean? Ukrainian, actually. Ukrainian. Ukrainian. Yep. What is it called when you play a ukulele? Uh, strummer. I could, I could be called a strummer. strummer. We were nowhere near strummer. Mm. We were going in the uke vein. Yeah, <laughs> strummer sounds so non-specific. Strummer, ukuleleist. Ukuleleist. Oh, there words. we go. Uh, okay, you don't. Like, it's yeah. not a fun word to say. It's a hard one. Now, Johnny, you're... I took because um, I have a ukulele at home, and online, I took an online mm-hmm. lesson just from YouTube or something, and uh, and uh, you know, how'd that work out? Uh, it's how I make my living now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just took right. off. You're playing a few uh, venues coming up, aren't you? Yeah, you, yeah. Paula, I'm you, playing the ukulele festival. Excellent. In uh, Oklahoma City next week. Uke fest. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you, Str- strummer, oh, strummer. Oh, strummer fest. No, Uke um, fest is the one in Kansas. I actually, you know what? I wouldn't even know how to bring it up on my flat thing, but I did write a song that I played with my, my daughter. Allie plays a violin, and uh, I wrote a beautiful song uh, about my son when he was in high school still. And I believe one of the lyrics was, um, uh, my son Thomas says he wants to go to college, but I don't know. Oh, that's good. That's, that's good. That's yeah. a, that's said, a very good If one. it requires anything more than printing out a picture, I don't see how. Oh, nice. You, so you weren't overburdened with rhymes in that song? No. Okay. no. <laughs> now, speaking of songs and being written on the ukulele, I believe that Johnny Herbert, he's been uh, listening to the show, mm-hmm. our, our ukist, and he has a theme song. Nice. Because, you know, we've been doing this search for the theme song. Yeah, you ready, Johnny? I'm ready. Give it to us. Someone should listen, but nobody does. We got no fans, and that's okay because... Adam and Paula got so much to say So save your worries for another day Nobody, nobody, nobody's listening to the show Nobody, nobody's listening to Paula Downstone 
Stone, she keeps on talking. <laughs> Paula Poundstone. Yeah. Hey, Herbert. On the uke. Uh, you know what? I'm... I dread the day when we finally choose a theme song because this is my, my favorite thing. Yeah, this yeah. Is, that was a great one, Johnny. Thank you, so Thank you very much. You my really pleasure. got the essence. Yeah, you really <laughs> of not only the we're... show but my entire life. Aww. Really. <laughs> <laughs> now um, we're coming to you, of course, from Ray Horseman Studios. And uh, Polly, you noticed something very interesting. I'm told last week uh, about the Wi-Fi networks around here. Yeah, no, in, it's in today. This... I was trying to get. I was sitting in in my. Car. I like to get here early just to take in uh, Miranda you, Avenue. You don't want to get out of your car after dark, anyway. So yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to get here early, and I was, uh, you know, I was looking over the corn cob from last week that was still there on the sidewalk, and uh, I was parked <laughs> next to the toilet. I was I was parked behind a, a junk truck. Um, that uh, has obviously littered the area with a lot of what's on. So, anyways, I was trying to get on my flat thing to look at Twitter, and they, you know, how they shows the um, available Wi-Fi networks. The available Wi-Fi networks, exactly. Sure. Yeah. And what was it? Eat my dick? Was that the? Eat a dick. Oh, eat a dick. Oh, eat a dick. Oh, very oh. different than eat my dick. Yeah, yeah, entirely different. But that was the Wi-Fi network. Yeah. Now, when eat you told dick, me that before you, when you told me that just a few minutes ago before the show, I went on to see what. If that was available still, and eat a dick is gone. No. Yeah, but you know what? You know what is there? One called FBI Van Six, <laughs> which I think is poor judgment from the guys in the van. <laughs> yeah, because there are drug deals to ba- break up around here, but you don't want to identify yourself that. Yeah, they're gonna. Yeah, when they go to use their flat thing, they're, the the criminals are gonna see. Wait a minute, I think it's over there in that <laughs> in that van. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to. We want to move on to our first topic because we have a, an amazing slate of guests. I'm ready. I'm. Ve- you know. I'm excited uh, about both guests. Not. Uh-huh. Not that I've ever run hot and cold on the guests. No. Uh, no, no. Before, you, but no, I am. You don't really talk. excited because you know our first guest. Um, I I've showed you the picture before, right? Yes. Of my I have a birdhouse in right. my backyard. Yes, yeah, so you have a situation happening with the birdhouse. It's a it's a situation. That's exactly what it is. Okay. I, I have a birdhouse. Uh, so part of our new segment of the show, what's the infestation this week? Uh, I have right. a birdhouse in my backyard, and bees took over. The birdhouse. Now, do you think they did that because they're fleeing the rats who are in your nectarine tree? It could be. Or do you think they're scared of the palmetto bugs in your kitchen? Or, or simply the, the giant logie flies. Oh, my okay. giant logie fly situation has not gotten any better at all. Mine's over. No, it, yours yeah. have come to my I, house. I went on me. one killing spree, and that was it. There was one today that was over near my kitchen sink, and he was just on his back. And I don't think anything flipped him over. He was, he was just on chilling. his back. He was chilling. In your no, head. he was buzzing. He was making a big buzzing noise, you know, because uh-huh. I don't know how they do it. But, uh, yeah, anyways, I, I found him pretty quickly. Okay. He knows nothing about hiding. Uh, so, anyways, my birdhouse is um, – at one time I could see in – to your bird uh, the, the, in the hole, you know, we have the big hole where the birds would go in, yeah. um, the circle. And at one point I could see in and I could say, oh, my gosh, there's a hive in there. A beehive. Uh, um, yeah. And now you can't see the hive um, because I, th- I think it has something to do with the heat wave. They're all out on the front of the house. They're totally— they're, The bees they're, are covering the, ho- the birdhouse. They're covering the front and the like bottom of the beard birdhouse. beard of bees might cover a face. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So that and is that day and us, night? Uh, well, I don't go out there at night. Right, because of the rats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's better. I just it's it's not a giant house either. You the the amount of fauna that you've managed to come down with in the last couple of months is amazing. Yeah. You know, they say that a good antidote for all the uh, electronics and the flat things and the computer screens and all is what they call like a nature bath, you know, just being out in nature. Right, yeah. And you can go in my house and get that now. That's a nature bath, yeah. My house we is We haven't even touched on the fact that you bath. also harbor pets that you want. Well, I have 14 cats. 14 cats. Those I purposely put in there, but right. everything else. <laughs> you had those installed. Yeah, and my, I had those. Yeah, I had those brought in by professionals, but, um, and my dog, Sirius. And they're still rats. And they're still, and, and they're still and, rats. And they're oh. still rats, exactly. She can't get a fresh nectarine. Wait a minute. That voice was that the voice, voice of. That voice is the voice of Bicasso Live Bee Removal's proprietor. Welcome, everybody. He's been doing this stuff for 20 years. Steve Downs. Hello. Well, I am so glad you're here. For one thing, my assistant at home, a guy named Wendell, Wendell's in the negative club, and one of the things he does is he picks me up at the airport when I'm done with a job, and as we're driving home, um, he'll say, well, you know, I saw the bees. They've left the hive. They're dead. Uh, He said, I saw them flying around. They must have gotten scared off. They're not going to be there anymore. And that's never true. No. I go out and I look. It's it's robust. It's packed uh, right. with bees. But so I'm so glad to talk to an expert because honestly, Wendell does usually know a lot on different topics. Um, but this one, I think he's got it totally wrong. So, um, well, when it comes to bees, um, you know, a lot of people think that they're there for just a quick visit. For yeah. some reason, everybody sees bees are going in some sort of location, and they're right. like, oh, it's just a few bees. You know, they're in my roof, or they're going in the eve. And then it turns out that they're there to stay because, you know, bees don't just normally do that. They don't they're, vacation. No. Okay. Well, they do vacation in your home. Okay. Unwanted. But not in, in a big group. If in it's a big, big group, group, they're moving in. In a big group. So yeah. what you're seeing on the outside, if you see one bee, you should multiply that bee. If they're there, you know, steady, you know, weeks on or days on, then you're going to multiply one bee by a thousand. So that's what's inside the actual structure or wherever you're seeing them fly around. So what's happening in the birdhouse, do you think? I mean, it seems like they're they're all hanging out on the front stoop of the it's birdhouse. It's not a huge birdhouse. It's the size of, uh, it's probably a little bit smaller than a shoebox. But how many bees are on the outside of it? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't. Well, you don't have I, to get I, a I never asked them to count you know, off. Nobody's asking you to take I had attendance. a bad experience with counting off when I was a kid, and I never do. Right. In, in our PE class, we just weren't that bright. Right, you couldn't do <laughs> they'd it. They'd say, count off. You know, count, No, they'd say, you know, one, two, one, 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 and then right. fuck, let's start over. Okay, yeah, no, I hear that. But, so, uh, but I'm asking you to guesstimate. You know, is it 10 bees or 1,000 bees? I don't think it's 1,000 bees in that, in is that, it 100 in that bees? hive. But what I don't know is... Did they all come out of the hive inside the birdhouse, or are there some that are still? Is the is the beehive packed, and they've had to spill out onto the front of the house? That's the that question. Could be possible. It could be many scenarios. How long have they been there established that you know of? Over a year. Okay, so they're definitely. There's been migrations because bees migrate every two to four months. You know, their job is to multiply and, you know, the queen's doing her job and they're, you know, they're healthy. They're multiplying and every So what two do you mean they months, migrate? What does that mean? Well, the hive gets overly crowded, kind of yeah. like what you're seeing right now. And then, you know, the hive splits because that's their purpose. They're going to ha- uh, hatch new queens mm-hmm. at uh-huh. a perfect time, about two to four months. Once the hive is too big and overly crowded and then they'll, multi- uh, they'll migrate, uh, the old queen will leave while the new queen stays and looks after the brood. Because and- it can't be two queens together. Not together in the They're same hive. There can be 
Only one. Only exactly. I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing bee puns like that all, yeah, all night. Right. I, I worry about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, but but they're, they're they're just stopping in though. So some of them are some of them are on their way out. Yeah, they're basically you know? using it like an Airbnb. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, this is only yeah. gonna get worse. Yeah. I um, I just realized I should probably put my flat thing on and show That's you the good. picture of. The oh, you have a picture of the whole. I do. Bee I have thing? a picture of the bees on the front. All right. So there's, but that still wouldn't explain how many we have. Um, so you think that maybe a queen hatched in there and then she took like, it was like a divorce. She took, um, half the bees, half the bees. That could be one scenario. Another scenario is it could be too hot and overly crowded. You know, the first time I ever saw them on the front of the house was, uh, a year ago, September, we had a record hot day in Santa Monica. Oh, it was, so it was too hot inside the house. Yeah. At the time, I tweeted, I said, I think this is, I took a picture of it, and I said, I think this is beef or it's too fucking hot in the house. And oh, then, you're right. And then I Were posted it. Were they wearing undershirts? It, and somebody wrote, they, they had those little fans that <laughs> oh. are motorized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, maybe they just. Us. So, all right. I know nothing about how they procreate. Even I thought there was only one female, and the female was the queen. But I guess no. that's not true, is it? No, it's not. Uh, most bees in the hive, you know, ninety percent of the bees in the hive are female. Wow. Really? Yeah. And you know, another scenario, really quick. That's you know, why they, they work be, so hard. The hive could be maybe being attacked by ants, an ant colony. Maybe. Do you have ants back there? I I haven't seen any, but. Um, probably next week on uh, what's the infestation uh, this week. Odds are you have an ant yeah. problem there. No. But yeah, tons of females in the in the hive. You know, they they're they're more females. The drones are there just to help with the uh, procreation. So That's they, it. They don't do much. They don't do anything. No. Really? So there's a there's a there's a pronounced difference between the behavior of those few male bees, which oh, are absolutely. drones, and, yeah. and the females. Yeah, absolutely. And that the males don't do anything. No. Just, you know, they're just chilling, you know, hanging out. And then, so, have sex with the females? To, yeah. And that's all they... That's pretty that's much all, all they, they do. do. Wow. Huh. <laughs> Boy, look at that. And um, then they're, you know, and, and then they die. They have sex, you know, maybe a couple of times and they die. And then they die. Yeah. Wow. Their uh, genitals explode. What? After really? they climax, yeah. Wow, wow. for a minute After there, they the climax? male bee gig was sounding good. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it took a turn. Yeah. Their genitals explode. Yeah, really? That's a, yeah. Wow, boy. Late now, night television for a bee. Yeah. Those ads, you know. Right. You know. Feeling like your genitals might explode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Try yeah, um, enacting. Uh, had, a, had an erection for over four hours. Look out! <laughs> Everybody get down! <laughs> Wow, that sounds horrible. Yeah. Genital yeah, explosion. There, there, and there's no so way they could prevent it. that from happening. <clears throat> not, not me, personally, no. Um, no, no, no. You're, I not don't, uh, <laughs> You're not in charge. I, uh, yeah, I don't think there's a way. I all mean, right, Steve, here's... Um, all right, wait. I, all right, this is going to make... Unless they don't you know, have I any... I hate people you know, showing pictures on their flat thing. This is going to make great audio right here. Look at that. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, so I am now handing to Picasso a picture of my bee hive. Well, you can't see the hive, but you can see the... looks like a pretty healthy hive. I mean, to be Thank honest, you. I mean, a lot of these bees are on the outside look like they might just be getting uh, some uh, cool air. Yeah. And uh, a couple of them could be guards, you know, maybe some... Who goes there? Kind of, uh, yeah. yeah. There are guard bees. They're females as well. Really? They protect the hive. Just, mm -hmm. it's, is there anybody with exploding genitals in that picture? Uh, no, I don't see anything going on there. Okay. Uh, any shoe no bombers? Are there any shoe bombers in there? <laughs> but it looks like it's getting overcrowded. <laughs> but it doesn't look bad. I mean, I've seen so many of these hives. It looks really good, like they're healthy. I'm very proud of that. Now, I've, 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 
I've had absolutely nothing to do with that. Now, Steve, one of the things you make note of in my birdhouse is mm-hmm. there's a hole, um, but you can't see the hole because they've covered it over. Yeah. And actually, this is relatively few. It's maybe three or four bees deep now. Um, but they've covered the holes, so they're not going in and out. And yet, they're still flying back and forth mm-hmm. from the flowers with little pollen balls on their butts. Yeah. What are they doing with the pollen if they can't get in the hole? Oh, they'll get in. Uh, you know, the bees are just, like I said, probably over, overly crowded. You know, nothing to worry about. And the hive they built in there is probably, there's no room. You know, right. there's so much comb and brood in there that, you know, they find their way and they'll make their way around. Probably they make little tunnels too. They might be hoarder bees. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. Magazines. Yeah. Sometimes late at night I hear, excuse me, excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. And that's got to be them. Because they just don't have a lot of room. Yeah, the neighborhood's yeah. hanging out. You know, neighborhood bees there. So that's not, it's nice that she's got um, healthy bees, because if we can yeah. segue into a, a more general bee discussion, um, there's been some unhealthy bee stuff happening lately. It's yeah. been in the news quite a bit with a colony collapse disorder. What yeah. is that? Um, that is something that nobody knows about, uh, including myself. It's still a mystery. I mean, my, my theory is, uh, you know, it's, it's chemicals, uh, pesticides, pesticides, neocontinoids. The general problem is that that bee colonies are, are mysteriously dying off. Yeah. It's either that or, you know, colony collapse, they consider that being, you know, uh, oh, the bees disappear with the hives healthy and all of a sudden there's no bees, you know, they're not there anymore. They saw them and they're gone. And my theory is, well, they're probably taking them and repopulating a new planet. Um, that could be one thing. Wow. Or, yeah. Boy, or you're not out there, Steve. <laughs> no, that sounds completely reasonable. Yeah. Right? That's what I think. Um, yeah. It's that, and, um, you know, there's no reason why they should just absolutely disappear like a magical trick, you know. Magic No trick. one ever finds them, like, dead in a pile I've anywhere. seen that. Oh, you have seen that? That I would consider, like, a colony to collapse. Is is that getting any better? Because I remember there's a lot of news about colony collapse disorder about five, six years ago. Yeah. Um, And and I see less about it now. Is that because we're just used to it or... Or the bees are making a comeback. I think they're making a small comeback because most more people are, are more aware, more environmental. So most people want to, you know, we're, we're all fighting to try to get rid of the chemicals that are sprayed all over the planet, you know, all over right. us in the air. Sure. You can imagine little bees uh, suffering more than even us as humans because we're uh, so tall and big compared to bees. Right. And they're the ones to first touch the food. And then we eat the food after. You know? Yeah, we so, need them for everything, right? Yeah. I mean, not just Paula's backyard, but uh, bees are... You know, they apparently help the environment quite a bit. Oh, absolutely. I don't know how much well, they charitable work they do. <laughs> I, the it only seems thing to be I, all charitable. The only thing honest, I know yeah. about bees is um, the bee movie. Did you see the bee movie, Steve? Oh, I loved it, yeah. You never thought it was weird that a human woman was maybe going to go out with a bee? Hey, Paula. You know... Every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself a whole new image. 
And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the yes. Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got oh. the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. And these are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger. Ooh. And, you know, I put them on when I came back from New York. I pulled them on and I, I swear to you, okay. This is not scientific because I was tired already. Right. But they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly, like right as I got them up to my waist, I I, I think my eyes closed. They're so, it's a softness. It's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. They're oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quinn sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. That's fantastic. <laughs> so be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort 
and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Uh, that not just too seemed, weird. That just seemed not odd too to weird. me. You know, <laughs> sexual attraction between a well, bee and a my human bees woman. All the time, you know. Uh, yeah, this uh, was beyond but talking. It's beyond. There was, there was, there was a real thing happening. <laughs> yeah, she this was, was like, the movie that Jerry, yeah. uh, with Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. They fell yeah. in love my my buddy much. Spike Ferriston co-wrote that movie. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. It was oh, a very yeah. funny movie. Very funny movie. Now, in the bee movie, they all had to choose jobs, but you're sounding like there's very few jobs in the bee world, and only one for guys. Yeah. One for one for the guys and, and only a few and the for the ladies. Doing Wouldn't that have been a terrible ending to B movie if, if Jerry Seinfeld B's genitals had just exploded end of movie? Right. <laughs> That's the sequel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the much anticipated sequel. <laughs> Surprise they haven't done the uh, the X rated one yet on that yeah. one. That's yeah. a funny one. They uh, may know. Yeah, no, I bet you they know. will. Now oh, that yeah. they know we're clamoring for it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now when you do you remove them from People's homes? Yeah. Yeah. And do you use the little vacuum thing? No. no? All done by hand. All natural. How do you, what do you mean how do you, it's all you, done by hand? One you pick bee up, by bee? You told me there's a thousand bees in a hive. You pick up each bee one at a time? Nope. I just pick up the, uh, the, the, the main bulk of the bees with the queen, and I use some sort of, you know, I feel like an energy and uh, an at-one type of thing with them. Uh -huh. and, uh, and then they'll go in. They'll use a little smoke. A smoke. little per perseverance, and then smoke makes them there. sleepy, right? No, it'll it'll uh, actually calm them down. It'll uh, calm sometimes them down. it'll it'll make them. Uh, if you're smoking a hive and there's you know uh, uh, an active hive and it's established, they'll eat up some of their their honey and it'll kind of tire them out and relax them. 
And oh, wait. They, so so you hit them with smoke and they get the munchies and mellow out. Exactly. <laughs> okay, where have I heard that before? <laughs> I don't know. You want some more chips? Yeah, sure. Um, so wait, they eat their own honey? Yeah. Oh, so what else? Do, I mean, do they eat anything else? Uh, just uh, pollen, you know, nectar. Now, water, are they the eating which they water. call raw honey. Are they are they eating that or just when they the, with the pollen they just they put it on their little? Well, they do eat nectar, so they eat the nectar uh-huh. and then they graduate and then they have some pollen afterwards. I mean, they need that to survive. Yum. So they eat the honey to yeah. survive. Yeah. They need it. Yeah. Um, so every it. night the little bee babies. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? Like honey, again. Have, it's nectar. Honey, oh, honey, nectar, yeah. and pollen. Oh. <laughs> we had that like, last night. A lot of it's home cooked. Yeah. <laughs> no, tonight we're gonna have pollen, honey, and nectar. Oh boy! <laughs> it's just changing the order. Yeah. Well, they're not that bright. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Are they smart? Do they have brains? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's little bee brains. Yeah. Little bee they brains. Have little bee brains. Yeah. Little bee brains. I love that. Now, Einstein once said, if the bees disappeared, and this is allegedly Einstein said this. I'm not sure I believe it. If the bees disappeared off the face of the earth, presumably going to space, um, man would have only four years left to live. Does that, uh, do you have any idea what he was talking about there? I mean, it makes sense. And if he said it, you know, I would trust him. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, sure. He's a smart guy, but, uh, you know, you would think about it that if we don't have anything pollinating the planet, then, you know, we would have to, uh, you know, I guess look to ourselves to try to, you know, fix that problem. Right. I don't I, trust us to do that. Yeah. I don't know if that could be done. I mean, maybe it can, maybe it can't. I don't I, know. I can occasionally get covered in pollen, but it, it doesn't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You'd uh, have to I, go. I've got to allergies. Each, yeah. Bees fly and work so hard mm-hmm. to they collect do. pollen and nectar. They do so much. We wouldn't be able to do it, to be Probably honest. Probably not. So, Steve, is there any harm in having the beehive there? Well, I would say if you're not beekeeping and having somebody watch the bees, you know, if they're just in the house, the queen will mate with feral bees in the neighborhood. Feral bees. What's yeah. a feral bee? Feral bees are just bees that are just all around the city. And if you're not keeping them like beekeepers... They're not would, part of another... They're not part of a colony on their own? They're homeless bees. They are. They're part of other colonies, oh. but these are feral bees. We call them feral bees because they're not part of the nest. Oh. And they're not part of any location where you're keeping uh, and European nice And that's who the queen nice is bees. slipping out and mating with? They're like homewreckers. Is that right? They, they're like the milkman. They just come by... <laughs> so- and, and why is it dangerous for in Paula's yard if, if the queen needs to go out and get a little bit of feral bee action? There's a chance that they could turn hybrid. What does that mean? Who could mean? turn hybrid? Uh, the, the whole colony, because the queen's mating with uh, other feral bees. Like and we don't know where they've been. Exactly. Okay. And then, uh, you know, laying those eggs, those eggs and the cycle of bees. Remember, we talked about the migration every two to four months. Uh-huh. That migration of the nice bees will leave, and then you have the new brood oh. hatching, which could be DNA, a different DNA. And that's how they turn. That's how they change. It always has to do with feral bees and nobody keeping an eye on them. Now, is this are some of these those Africanized bees that we were warned about back in the day when they were making horror movies about bees? Exactly. Okay. So it is, it's the killer bees. A hybrid leaning towards killer. Uh, you know, killer bees, they are Africanized bees that, you know, many years ago, the guy brought them over here from uh, South Africa. Yeah. Had that whole accident Boy, on the freeway. his face red, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He had an accident That's on the freeway with his... With yeah, his... there was like 10,000 hives that got loose on the 101 freeway, uh, like over like 25 years ago. And, and that the traffic it... still sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that has to do with the bees. No, I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So just by having sex with bees that weren't part of the original colony, this could create uh, uh, badly behaved bees. Exactly. Uh huh. In your yard. 
Yes. Yeah, in my yard. Badly behaved bees in my yard. Well, you said without anybody keeping an eye on them. Well, I'm keeping an eye on them, but I can't identify each individual bee to know if... You can't be yelling out to the queen, stop, he's not right for you. Yeah, exactly. That's true. I think we need uh, bee harmony. (laughs) (laughs) I did that for you. I I, I I appreciate it. There's nothing but love that made me do that. So (laughs) so if somebody, when you say someone keeping an eye on them, what am I looking for? Well, what I meant by that is a beekeeper. A professional that's keeping bees somewhere where there aren't many other bees around. Like usually when a beekeeper is uh, beekeeping and he has uh, several hives, they're doing it, you know, far beyond three miles from other bees because then they stay that same DNA. They're mating with their, within their own. uh, So Steve is basically telling you that you are not qualified to maintain the genetic integrity of the hive in your backyard. Yeah. Correct. That is correct. I I think I I, I, I read between the lines there. (laughs) I could... I could hear that was a um, a beekeeper diss. Yeah, right there. Like, but I I heard you know it. Beekeeper. and I and I felt it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now Steve, you are an artist as well, and uh, bees kind of uh, y- your name is Picasso. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're a, you're a bard of the bees. You you paint you. Yeah, I, uh, I I paint. I've been painting my whole life and creating, and and then I you know, I started uh, years ago painting on bee boxes and painting with them. What do you mean um, painting on bee boxes? And what do you mean painting with? Well, them? I'll do like artwork on bee boxes, you know, and then I'll. What's a bee box? Uh, it's a, a hive box, like where we keep bees. Oh, I see. Like uh-huh. a beekeeper keeps, you know, those. You have you have boxes. one in your backyard. You just think of it as a birdhouse. Yeah, it's I th- a birdhouse. Yeah, I do it's think a, of it's it a, as a bee box. A huh. <laughs> and now you actually paint bees. I mean, you don't paint bees, but you paint bees. Here's a question: Have you ever painted a bee, like body painting? Uh, you mean a real light like bee? Like you're taking a bee and painted him. No, that I haven't. No, I mean, no. I used to. I don't think you should. No, no what if I they don't like think it? so. They don't Be- like people, that. People like body painting. No, no. You know what they might like is a little necklace. A little necklace. A uh, little necklace. Or, I think that would yeah. weigh them down. I think they'd be or better some, off with paint. Or some nice shoes. They wouldn't want to be painted. Uh, Steve. Help resolve this. That, I'll bet you a thousand dollars that they would want to be painted. They Paula. would not. And we'll ask Steve. No, you know how you can tell. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been to like a you know a outdoor fair of some sort? Yes. And there's kids waiting in line for face painting. Absolutely. There's never bees in that line. Oh. <laughs> That's how you can tell. Touche, Paula Poundstone. Yeah, exactly. Yes, absolutely. All right, all right. You got you got me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. Thank you, Steve Downs. You are clearly the Einstein of the bees. Paula, having learned this from Steve and about your backyard beehive, what advice do you have to give our listeners? Well, Johnny, if I could have a little something, a little eucolonium in the background, that'd be great. My assistant Wendell is wrong. My bees are thriving. It may look like they're leaving, but they're splitting the colony to go with a new queen. So long as the queen isn't whoring around with every feral bee in the neighborhood, they're fine. They're pollinating, feeding the kids, keeping the hive, eating the nectar. The females, that is. The guys do nothing but have sex, and after a couple of encounters, their genitals explode. I repeat, lazy men who make the women do all the work, their genitals explode. <laughs> Steve Downs is the owner of Bicasso Live Bee Removal. His children's book, The Adventures of Bicasso and His Magical Brush, will be out towards the end of the year. Steve, thank you for being on our show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Steve. The Cat of the Week is Moo Moo from Walderboro, Maine. 
Thank you, house band Johnny Herbert. Coming up after our little break, we're going to be talking to Lyft driver Virginia Jones. Wow, well, I have to say, I think our first paid advertisement here on on, on on the show went great. Oh my God, I was sweating. Yeah, you, you no, no, but you really you really pulled it through. Thank you very much. You were much. very convincing. Very excited <laughs> to say that we're sponsored by was so exciting and, and not have to say that we're sponsored by, you know, one of the members of your family. Right. Uh, wow. In, in fact, we were. <laughs> okay, well, now it's time to talk um, Lyft and Uber, ride-sharing companies. You know, all of those things are on the rise. They've uh, disrupted traditional transportation, but they have also given a lot of people employment. So they say, you know, my son Thomas wanted to uh, be an Uber driver. He told me at one point. I mean, I don't think he even has his license yet, but he had said that he would get his license and become, you know, and drive for Uber. And I wasn't sure. Well, Wendell, my assistant, says that you can't make money doing that. Well, Wendell was wrong about the bees. Yeah. He thought you had a dying bee colony or, or that yeah. they, they, what did he say? They'd lost interest? or Yeah, he thought they got scared by the construction next door and they flew away. That's what he thought. Because they didn't like the architecture? or Yeah, they don't like, All right, you so know, already we're questioning Wendell. This duplex. show's subtitle might be Wendell is wrong, if yeah. it turns out to be wrong yeah. about Uber oh. and Lyft. Oh my um, gosh, I hope he's wrong about Lyft. I'm not, I'm not convinced that he can speak with authority about this issue, but we have somebody who can. Let's bring on Lyft driver Virginia Jones. She recently gave her 10,000th Lyft ride. She can tell us about the industry from the other side of the wheel. Please welcome Virginia Jones. Hi, everybody. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for being here. So, can you make money driving Lyft? Short answer, yes. Long Thank answer. you, Virginia Jones. <laughs> Great seeing everybody. Thank you so much. Wow. Boy, we just took Wendell out. That's it. Wendell is wrong. We have time for a third guest. Yeah. What else has Wendell said lately? What else is Wendell wrong about? You know, today he said good morning. How about that? Uh, did he say it at night? Yeah, not not mm. such a good morning for some of us. Not for Wendell. Uh, um, went down. Okay, yeah. so welcome, Virginia. Hi. Now, you drive Lyft. Yes. Okay, um, so do you make money? So, yes, you can make money. It's going to require more than you probably want to do. Really? Yeah. So you're doing more than you want to do? Well, I've... Yeah. Oh, right are, now, are, you're doing more we, than you want to do. Aren't we all? Yeah. yeah. Um... Like, yeah, not like, me. I just, I just he just wait, leaves wait it up to the family. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's talk about your kid. Like, like how how old is the potential? Uh, uh, Uber he's, driver? Tw- he's he's twenty, and he says he wants to be a. It's Uber a terrible driver. idea. Is it? Yeah. yeah. There's why? like five million reasons why, but the top two are um, when you're driving. Have you met him? <laughs> five million and one. Yeah. Five million and one. No. Um, people who just started driving shouldn't do this job. Uh-huh. You need to be driving like with authority and focus and not caring when people are yelling at you to take illegal U-turns. And you got to be a pretty solid driver. You got to have some experience. And yeah. And so are there hidden costs involved with your driving? Yeah. So the thing I like about it is that there's money to be made like when you can do it and however much you want to do it. So if you have a regular job or you're doing other stuff and you're like, I want to have a little extra money to go to a concert. I want to, you know, save up for a trip or something. Yeah. You can hop in your own car. You can do it. Uh, you'll get cash in hand. What costs in the long run is wear and tear on your vehicle uh-huh. and maintenance and all this stuff that's not, you know, it, it, that's the hidden cost. Right. Yeah. Because it's like you take a ride you pay three dollars to get the ride. I make two eighty to give the ride. Right. 
but my car paid a dollar to give the ride. And then at the end of the year, you essentially throw a perfectly good car into a volcano. Wow. Wow. Uh-huh. I, I think that's an inefficient way to deal with a car. Well, you have yeah. to drive all the way to the volcano as right. well. And right. And yeah, that's more costs yeah. right there. So you can make money, but um, the, the best way that I have found to, to make money is uh, renting the car through Lyft. Oh, you rent the car. So it's there. So it's not your car. It's not my car. Because oh. I burned through. But then through... that costs more money, right? Yes, but it um, they give it back to you in a bonus, but it requires you to drive a lot. Like, you're driving full-time. So if you're doing it full-time, uh, you need to probably rent a car from them. And then you're going to be doing it full-time. It's like a regular job. You're doing right. it 40 hours a week. Ugh. It's a customer service job. If you don't like people, it's not going to work out. Um, my job is to drive people the places I don't want to go at the times that I don't want to go there. Oh, right. Uh-huh. You know? And sometimes they're not great people, right? I mean, are, do you have some horror stories? Do you have some scary, uncomfortable moments? Oh, sure. People throwing up. Oh, boy, so much. But, like, I, I, I was talking to a, an Uber driver from Boston. We were comparing notes. And I'm like, you know, 90% of everybody is great. Maybe 5% of them are amazing and, like, really super fun to talk to. And then 10% are the worst people that you've ever met in your whole life. And that's... And he agreed with For me. For me, we even 1%, if they're vomiting in my car, <laughs> they trump all the other percentages. All the other percentages. They eat the rest of the you know, pie. You know, some city, in their cabs, they actually have the vomit fee listed. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's based on what's in the vomit. Like if, right. if, if it's there's Merlot or lasagna, that's going to be 75. Um, and a lot of the rougher cities uh, will say in the vehicle, it'll say like a stab wound. Um, right. If we're carrying you and you have a stab wound right. and you bleed on the seats, then they charge you Blood for that. Little they, extra, they, they, little they, they put a listing up of that. Yeah. I don't exactly. think that's yeah, true that's, at all. No, that is true. Okay. That's a hidden no. cost in Lyft. Yeah. Okay. So vomit so, one fifty. So you've had vomit. Used to be two hundred. Oh God. No. One fifty. One fifty. Wow. One fifty. Uh, P one hundred had that. No. I'm assuming that number two is is one hundred and fifty. I would say at happened. least one hundred fifty. Yeah, yeah. I would. You know but, what? Uh, wow, so so if you're gonna vomit, it's a better idea to take a a cab. Yeah, no, yeah, way cheaper. cheaper. You're yeah. saving a, a ton cab. of money. Yeah. Well, and like it's not just like the cleaning cost. It's because like whatever money your driver thought they were gonna make that night, they're not going to because there's vomit in the car, and you just have to. And it's your car; you have to take home. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Oh boy, but I, so had, I had an incident in my own car this morning with oatmeal. Oh, what yeah. was the incident? Well, you know, I had you to go weren't to, oatmealing and driving, were you? I, I was. I so had to dangerous. go to a, a meeting early this morning. And okay. so I made my instant oatmeal, and I stupidly put the mug on the floor of the passenger seat on the of the floor? car. I did. <laughs> Have you I ever did. driven a car and before? I hit the brake, <laughs> and the mug just went right over. And well, just like every bit of the oatmeal just went on. Yeah. Well, you deserve that. <laughs> yeah. You were literally asking for it. was a lidless mug of oatmeal on the floor of your car. Yeah. And you went driving. Yeah. As though physics don't exist. Yeah. Sheer optimism. Yeah. It's 200 yeah. bucks right there. <laughs> 200 bucks. <laughs> They owe me yeah. 200 bucks. Uh, uh, so when you're a driver and someone throws up in your car, uh, the the uh, the method is you take a photograph of it and you send it to Lyft to say, you know, because I can't just say, oh, Adam threw up in my car and, and there's no proof. Um, a friend of mine didn't know that was the protocol, had already cleaned it up. Oh, no. So he had to throw up in the back of his car. Feet? He recreated it with chunky soup. Oh. Wow. He made an art installation in his car and cleaned that up. But you know what? I can't. You know what? I feel a little bad 
sharing that that story because the oatmeal story. Uh, no, the chunky soup because oh, you know yeah. there's going to be a lot of people lot of that don't even have somebody throw up in their car <laughs> that do the chunky soup. Yeah, I would thing just right use now. the novelty store rubber vomit. Just, yeah, just no, do that. Like, I'll tell you, I'd be I'd be banking a thousand bucks a night. A lot of the people that used to work in the Trump administration, yeah. if they hear this yes. now that they're working for Lyft, if they hear this. <laughs> Sure. They're going to, Giuliani, he's going to hear this and then do the chunky vomit thing. Have you ever kicked anybody out of your car? Yes, sir. Um, I've kicked people. I, 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 so in general, like if you pick up someone and they're being rude, like even more than vomit, like they're just being disrespectful or demanding that I drive, you know, do illegal, illegal maneuvers. Uh, I will pull them over and invite them to leave the car. Uh, the thing about that, it's tricky. Uh, once you tell someone uh, I'm going to kick you out of my car. You have to do it because you're not going to be friends. Like I've had people like cry and go, no, I have to get to the airport, even though they've been terrible to me the whole time. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I drive them to the airport. And the, the beauty of kicking someone out of your car is you end the ride. You don't judge them. You know, you don't rate them. They don't rate you. Nobody pays anything. Like just, we're just neutral. We're just bad. Right. This mm-hmm. never happened. We're shaking it's, hands. It's we're not, walking off into the desert. It's not neutral when you leave someone on the side of the highway with their bags. <laughs> well, and from they, her perspective, it's were, neutral. Were, yeah, exactly. They were from on my... their way to their mother's bedside in a hospital somewhere. <laughs> Which is why they were having yeah, a bad day in the first place. Yeah, that's exactly. not neutral. Exactly. Well, like some short one, like a guy, I picked up a gentleman and he was like, you're going to want to do a U-turn here. And I looked at it and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do that. But like on the map, it says we're going to be at your rest destination in four minutes. Um, and then we hit like a tiny patch of traffic. He's like, this is why I told you to take the bleep and U-turn, you bleep and bleep. And I just said, hey, this, I'm sorry this ride didn't work out. I'm really like, I'm like, but like once I decided to kick them out, I'm delighted. You're kind of oh. happy. So yeah, exactly. You say it like in a, I'm like, hey. I'm super sorry this didn't work out. I pulled over and he said, you bleep and bleep. You can't bleep and bleep, bleep. I'm like, I for sure can because I don't really have a boss. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 That's the yeah. secret. That's the secret joy of Lyft. Adam the secret sadness uncle. is hidden costs, mechanical failure. But the, the hidden joy is I don't have a boss and no one can tell me what to do, really. So how has Lyft and Uber affected the traditional cab business because Paul and I disagree on the on the we were talking about cabs the other day yeah I think it's a te- I think it's a terrible racket the medallion racket mm-hmm. and uh, but Paula thinks it's, it's a business worth saving be- because she likes to look out the window and see yellow cabs going by that's true when I'm in New York and I'm up in a tall building I like to see all the yellow cabs it's part of New York I wouldn't want those to not be there and also um well yeah. Michael, Michael Cohen Michael, well, Michael, well, see, Michael Cohen is my example. Donald Trump's uh, erstwhile lawyer, now rat Michael Cohen, fixer, you know, fixer. He, he's the fixer he, who fixes almost nothing. It turns out, um, but he also ran like some kind of medallion business, which is mm-hmm. like you know people were paying hard earned money to to rent cabs through his medallion because there's a limited number of medallions in New York, and before the business was disrupted, medallions in New York City cost over a million dollars to buy one. Right. And everybody knew that Lyft and Uber were going to destroy the cab business. But what's interesting is that it's also destroyed, like, the car rental business because tourists don't rent a car when they come to town any longer, which is part of why they're renting the cars to drivers because they're like, well, no one wants this, you know, at the same rate that they did. So we're going to rent it to Lyft drivers to drive them into the ground for us. Um, But... uh, the thing about the cab business is what technology will do is like look for the fat on any business. Like, right. like, oh, is this ride to the airport worth eighty dollars? 
Probably not. So finding like and and that and that will happen to any business that has that much gristle on it. Right. Um. And someone it, and will it's find a way. Limousine commissions had a lot of gristle because yeah. of years and years of, of of being around with, and being the only game in town. Right. Now, New York cabbies are completely okay with you eating in their car because they're behind that partition and they, they just don't care. But would you be okay with Paula Poundstone eating oatmeal in your car? I I will say. Um, I discourage eating in the car for so many, so many good reasons. But one time, a woman was seated behind me, and I think, I think what she was doing was sucking oatmeal through a big straw, oh. and it made me want to throw up like the whole time. Just this awful. Was no one ever talks about that? You know, you talk about your passengers throwing up in your car, but you never the mentioned the does? possibility of, of the driver the themselves does? being nauseated. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'll say this: if it's you like hear yawning, somebody behind gross. you and it sounds. Like they're sucking oatmeal through a straw. <laughs> that's that's the best possible thing that noise that could, could be. be happening. Yeah, don't that don't turn around. Just happening. decide in your mind that's oatmeal through a straw. Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh. In your head, you're saying, "I hope it's oatmeal. I hope it's oatmeal. <laughs> I hope it's oatmeal." <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Well, Virginia, thank you for driving this conversation, Paula. What have you learned about ride sharing that you would now like to share? I'm going to boil it down for you, Adam, and put it in a recyclable container. Thank you, Johnny, for that background music. You can make money driving for Lyft, but you have to work like a goddamn female bee. You have to carry a can of chunky soup in your car in case nobody throws up. <laughs> if they do throw up, you have to take a picture of it and send it to Lyft, who is coming out with a coffee table book at Christmas. The joy of being a Lyft driver is that you can throw passengers out if they're rude. And you don't have a boss. It's a good thing you don't have a boss, too, because you keep throwing rude passengers out, and a boss would fire your ass. <laughs> All right, Virginia Jones is a Lyft driver right here in Los Angeles, California. Thank you, Johnny Herbert. Speaking of music, if you have a theme song for us, email it to nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. Paula, I know you're always out on the road. What's coming up? On September 14th, I'm going to be in Bethlehem, New Hampshire at the Colonial Theater. The next day, September 15th, I'm in Hackettstown, New Jersey at the Lackland Performing Arts Center. And on Monday, September 17th at 7.30 p.m. at the New Road School in Santa Monica, I will be hosting a panel of experts to speak about the effects of screen devices on kids' brains. You can get all the info at my website, www.paulapoundstone.com. You can even buy T-shirts there. And you know, it's a remarkably soft tri-poly blend. Hey, uh, if you need Paula's advice about something, send us an email at nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com. I'll listen to you. I promise. That's very generous of you, because as we know, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Our show is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Felber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, and Ken Lezebnik, along with Tony Anita Hull. Technical direction by Ray Horseman. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Johnny Herbert. And to our guests, Steve Downs and Virginia Jones. Our muscular security guard is Big Ben Lezebnik. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me?
This podcast brought to you by the Find Thomas Coyne Foundation. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.